Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, my God. 
Be the last word Your promises will stand Forevermore Man's thoughts And his plans Will come to an end But your word be the last word. Your word says I'm forgiven. Because Promises guide me in the deepest, darkest night. Though troubles come and go, in my heart I'll always know your word. Be the last word. Man in all his wisdom. can see with his eyes, claiming to be wise, they became a fool's empty, Lord, I'm banking all my faith in the truth of what you Come to 
Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship for the first Saturday in March. Today is March the 7th, 2020. God is altogether holy, pure, and righteous. Indeed, he is a consuming fire. So let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Again, good afternoon and good evening to some. I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, to all of our regular listeners and members, and to any new listeners, we say welcome today. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to be here to gather together with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ to worship our Father. Uh, Today, we welcome any new listeners as guests, but we pray that when you leave, you will consider us friends in Christ, and we um, have a special desire for you to be in regular fellowship with us. So we invite you to connect with us and to become a part of our church family and to, to participate in the life of the church in whatever activities are going on. This church was planted just for you to spiritually be able to serve targeted individuals in North America and indeed around the whole world. So we desire for you to know that this ministry is a source of hope, encouragement, and purpose. So God is fighting your battles. He's arranging things in your favor, and he's making a way even when we don't see it. So again, we thank you for joining us today on behalf of Pastor Millicent and and the entire Refuge from the Storm Church family. So remember, there's nothing that you can do that can change God's love for you. Please let me uh, remind you of our serving team today. It consists of Pastor Black, who will be uh, delivering the preach word, And as always, we ask you to pray that um, she comes to you on fire today and she's able to deliver and share everything that uh, God has planted uh, in her heart for us and that we will willingly receive what she has for us today. Elder Carolyn Cunningham serves as our worship leader and she'll be leading us through the invocation and the invitation to giving Today, our invitation to discipleship will be extended by Sister Helena Thompson. 
Sister Helena also serves as our talk show manager, and she's responsible for all the beautiful music that you hear, uh, even during the prelude to worship, which begins about 15 minutes before worship service starts. So if you ever want to just come and clear your mind and meditate on the Lord and prepare for worship, she has that beautiful music going about 15 minutes ahead of worship. And Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey serves as the assistant talk show manager, and she's responsible for all of the operational matters uh, concerning talk show. And Sister Cheryl is also responsible for the church's website, and she's doing an awesome job with that. Today we will be led to the throne of grace in altar prayer by Sister Loretta Marley. And I'd like to say happy birthday to all the March, uh, those of you who were born in March. Happy birthday. Today we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper. Elder Carolyn will remind us when we to gather our elements, our wine, our water, our juice, and our cracker or our piece of bread. And then Pastor Millicent will lead us through the partaking of the Lord's Supper. I'd like to remind you all to ask you all to keep in prayer the family of uh, our dear Reverend Dr. Robert Jones of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Pastor Jones uh, was the mentor of uh, our Pastor Millicent while at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, Pastor Jones also served as a spiritual mentor of this church, and he passed away on March the 2nd, 2020, and was laid his homegoing celebration was this past Friday. So we ask for you to continue to pray for his family. Uh, he was indeed a blessing to us. He served as vice president of the church's advisory board and was instrumental in our incorporation as a, ch a church body. So please uh, pray for his huge circle of friends and uh, family as they grieve his passing. This coming Wednesday night, um, we will continue and start our um, small group Bible study entitled Overcomer, and it's based on the movie War Room. Uh, we had our introduction this past Wednesday night, and this, and I believe we did the, the chapter called Who Are You? Uh, so I've, if I'm not mistaken, Pastor, correct me, this coming Wednesday night, uh, the subject title will be are you broken? So join us for this inspiring study. Uh, we begin at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And please don't miss it. Pastor is inviting and expecting you, please. Our early morning intercessory prayer call continues on Mon uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday mornings. We have a new starting time. Uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 4 a.m. Pacific Time. And this is to give an opportunity to those of you who may live on the West Coast who would like to uh, join us, but uh, the time is pretty early. Uh, but if you can, please, ma'am, please, sir, Pastor invites you to join the early morning intercessory prayer call Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Minister Juanita Purdy, our prayer team ministry leader, would like to remind everyone that our 
regular monthly second Saturday morning prayer call will be this coming Saturday, March the 14th. Our start time is 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. So especially for those of you who are not able to uh, be with us in the early morning prayer call, or maybe perhaps the Wednesday night Bible study, please join us this Saturday morning for prayer. And please uh, make a note in your calendar that on March the 24th, the last Saturday in the month, we will be celebrating the church's fourth anniversary. And more details will follow, and please be looking out in the newsletter. Our prayer focus for this month is perseverance, and uh, perseverance is more than just endurance. It is endurance combined with absolute assurance and certainty that what we are looking for is going to happen. It's more than just hanging on. So uh, Minister Juanita has shared this uh, focus for the month, and James 1.12 reads, Bless is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Romans 12, 12 uh, reads, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in purpose. So our prayer focus for this month is perseverance, running on anyway. Our daily prayer guide is available in the newsletter, and uh, please be reminded that it covers a seven-day span each week, and if you pray those focuses, you're praying right along with the prayer team. Those focuses include arts and education, American missionaries, children, justice, Christian laborers uh, for the poor and suffering, the disabled, and prisoners, and today the focus is on prisoners, so please check out the newsletter for that focus. If you need prayer during the week, please reach out to us on the church's website at refugefromthestormchurch.org or the church's email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com, and we'll make sure that Pastor Millicent and our minister Juanita receives your prayer request, and they will respond accordingly. We'd love to hear about your praise reports and testimonies about how God God is making a difference in your life. So please send those praise reports and testimonies again to the church's website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or to our uh, email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. Pastor and Minister Juanita would love to read those praise reports and testimonies. Now, if you do appreciate these broadcasts each week, please reach out to Pastor on, again, the website or our email address just to be able to encourage the body of Christ. It means so much, and she would love to hear from you. Now, please be reminded that all of our lines will be muted as by Sister Cheryl as we move into worship service so that we can protect the integrity of the worship service. So if you um, would like to hear the sermons again, 
Sister Cheryl actually does have them on the website. So if you're not able to take notes during worship service, please know that they are on the website. Now, um, we thank you for your attention to the announcement. Now let us go higher in worship and uh, focus wholly on God our Father uh, through our worship, our praise, our prayer, the music, and the <clears throat> priesthood. And we say, in mm. everything, let God be glorified. Mm. And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you right where you are mm. today. Now, after a recorded opening song has been played by Sister Helena, Elder Carolyn will lead you through the rest of the worship service. So we say, please be blessed in worship today. Amen. Thank you, Sister Gloria. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Don't ever feel discouraged, for Jesus is your friend. And if you lack for knowledge, he'll not refuse to lend. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Amen. 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 There are two scriptures I selected today. The first is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 
through 14. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we praise and worship you as the one and only true God. We thank you for giving us new mercies each and every day. Your servant Paul implores us to be like you, Lord, and put on tender mercies and pass them on to others. Forgive us, Lord, when we fail to see your new mercies and your faithfulness and instead allow our afflictions to overwhelm us. Strengthen our trust in you through the power of your Holy Spirit to know that you, Lord, are doing right by us regardless of our circumstances. Help us to hold in our hearts your promise to us to use for good what the enemy uses for evil. Thank you, Lord, for replacing terrible memories with the triumphs and victories you have given us in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for always being with us. We can always count on you above all others and above all else. For you, almighty God, are more for us than those who are against us. And the second reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 5 through 11. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, 
and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted souls, then your night shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Let us pray. And now uh, I will pray a special prayer for Lent. It's taken from a prayer offered by the very Reverend Paula Vukmanich. Do not hold back your own voice and actions on behalf of God this Lent. Do not hold back, but fast from what is not of God. Do not hold back and do not hold on to anything that takes away your precious peace and the grace that awaits in a new day. Do not hold on to your attitudes, memories, fear of the future, any form of entitlement, your assumptions, judgments, hurts, and fears, anything that blocks the light and the love of God that is the essence of who you are. Fast from anger and be patient. Fast from complaining and focus on gratitude. Fast being a pessimist and become an optimist. Fast from bitterness and turn to forgiveness. Fast from pettiness and become mature. Fast from jealousy and pray for trust. Fast from racism and respect the dignity of every human being. Fast from hatred and return evil with good. Fast from gossiping and seek to build up. Fast from holding on to grudges and seek reconciliation. Fast from hurting words and say kind words or nothing at all. Fast from trying to please everyone and just do the best you can. Fast from comparing and accept you have your own unique contribution to make in the world. Fast from fear of failure and fall forward. Fast from doubt and believe that God has a plan for you. Fast from giving up and hang in there. Amen, 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 and amen. Now we'll hear a praise and worship song followed by the altar prayer, which today Sister Lavetta will offer.
to Carolyn. Please, area code 302. 
Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you, as we said previously about Ezekiel, you said to them in their blood, you said to live. And that is the salvation of our souls, Lord God. You said to us to live in the name of Jesus. And we were saved and we were cleansed. And Lord, so many things he sang in that song that are true and more of the blood of Jesus. It's precious. It's healing. It's delivering. It's cleansing. It's setting free. It makes whole. It's power. It's prophetic. We thank you for that, Lord. And Father, in Revelation, we talk about the, you talk about um, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we love not our lives unto the death. That's how we overcame, Lord God. And one of my favorite scriptures, Lord, about you that I just love so much, you are holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray for the people that are on the line today, the TIs that, Lord, they um, are hurting and they are suffering, and some, Lord, that need to know you and some that already know you. But Lord, we know there are so many promises in your word, and I just pray today that the healing and deliverance and that faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God would come as we um, go over your scriptures, Lord, and, and just pray these scriptures for all the hearts that are here today, Lord, all the hurting hearts, Lord. Father, we know that your word says that you give your beloved sleep. So, Lord, we just pray for peaceful sleep, not sleep deprivation. We pray that, like we just said, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we love not our lives unto the death, Lord. And if we're lonely, Lord, you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You are the lovers of our soul, the lover of our soul, Lord. If we're disgusted, your word says that we are persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Lord, if we're confused, you said that we're perplexed but not in despair. And if we need healing in our bodies, Lord, which many of us do, and even from the directed energy weapons and the things that are used or that have caused scars and have caused things to happen to our bodies. Lord, I just, uh, it was so precious this week, this Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. And I know I've read it before, Lord, but there's just a gem here. And Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. So Lord, with the fear of the Lord, I saw that so clearly as I've never seen it before, that the fear of the Lord can bring healing to our bodies, to our very guts, to our very bones, Lord God. I just thank you for that. And I pray that we would learn the fear of the Lord, even as Christians, Lord, to learn how to fear you and walk in the fear of the Lord because I saw this week, Lord, there's so many things that we're blessed by because of the fear of the Lord. And Lord, for protection, we can put on the whole armor of God. 
And we know that a thousand shall fall at our side and 10,000 at our right side, but it will not come near us. Thank you, Lord, for your word is so precious and there's nothing that isn't in here that can minister to us and could help us, Lord, and bless us. And Lord, for afflictions, if, if anybody is afflicted, let him pray. Let him pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Pray when we're afflicted. And if we're sick, call for the elders of the church. And Lord, we pray for our finances. And you said in your word, you wish above all things that we may as prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Lord, I pray that these sayings would sink down into our ears and minister to our souls and renew our minds and let faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, in fear, you said, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Lord, I noticed that so much in your word, everything we're going through. The big one is, I'm with you. I'm with you. I am with you. Lord, help us to just receive that into our hearts and renew our minds with it and speak it out of our mouths and claim it and decree it in Jesus' name. And Lord, I've been praying and asking you and I ask for my brothers and my sisters and Lord, that I would really be walking by faith because it really strikes me, Lord, your word says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And Lord, that just would open so many things that I'm not doing by faith. And I just ask that you would help us with that. And along with showing us the fear of the Lord and claiming your promises and decreeing your word and taking hold of your love for us, Lord, and just walking this out in Jesus' name, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, Lord. And Lord, you said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Lord, we do believe and we do uh, pray and we do want to continue to pray for ourselves and for one another. Lord, I just pray that you would touch every heart on here and every mind and every ordeal that people are going through, their heartaches, their hurts, their pains, their sorrows, their abandonments, Lord, the trials they face as a result of this targeting in the name of Jesus. You are greater, you are higher, you are better, you are uh, sovereign. And we want to just live through that, Lord, and overcome by that. Father, I pray for our pastor today. And I know she has just been traveling. And I pray for her to be quickened in the spirit and anointed to speak that word of God with the message that you have given her today. And I pray that every ear would be opened, every heart would be ready to receive the word and you said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And Lord, I, I just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, that you would just come and be glorified, magnified, and personified in our midst today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
our goals. Please help us to continue ministry to the targeted community. So for those worshipers who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do it in any way you'd like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several options. You can go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or you can contact Pastor Millicent by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm at aol.com. Thank you so much. Now, as we prepare our hearts to hear the preached word, from our pastor, Reverend Millicent. Let us listen to a praise and worship song. Don't be 
My soul has been anchored in the Lord. Good afternoon to each and every one of you. I greet you in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your presence here this day, and I would um, back up just a second and, and greet you with my favorite scripture. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Then it goes on and says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Indeed, I do give thanks and praise to God for each of you that are with us this afternoon. I thank you for your presence on this Saturday, this first Saturday 
in the month of March. I don't take it lightly that you decided to join us today. You would have chosen, could have chosen to do anything else, and so we do thank you for choosing to be here in service with us. I'm always proud to acknowledge the ministry team, and I do say thank you to each of you for the part that you have played in the service today and in what God is doing in this hour. To God be the glory that we live all across the United States, even in Canada, and who would believe that we were actually working together in such a cohesive and loving fashion by God's grace through a conference call. There's quite a bit of um, housekeeping that needs to be done this afternoon before we go into the message. I want to thank um, Pastor Dee Dee, Sterling Williams, or William Sterling. Help me out, Gloria. Sterling Williams. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Pastor Dee Dee Sterling Williams for the marvelous message that she brought on last week. I was listening. I was traveling with the bus of uh, 50 people. We had taken the journey down to Selma, Alabama, to experience the crossing of the Pettus Bridge. Uh, this is their 55th anniversary. This year, we uh, went on Saturday and so did not actually participate in the reenactment, but those who had the energy and the uh, soundness of body and feet did take the trip across the bridge on Saturday, and uh, we were so blessed to have been in that area, in that atmosphere. It was confirmed for us that, indeed, Christian Christians, Christian pastors and, and others did, indeed, um, head up that original march in 1965 that you all will remember if you saw the movie Selma uh, was the actual last march was led by um, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and his wife and several others, including the current U.S. representative from the state of Georgia, John Lewis. We ask that you would pray for him as he uh, battles with cancer at this point. But I saw through the news that he was indeed their last Sunday, and it said in the report that he has not missed a Sunday of that reenacted march since the beginning. So God has truly been good to him, to have moved him from a law student to a lawyer to the House of Representatives. I also want to thank those of you who prayed and supported me as I went to Dayton, Ohio on uh, Thursday to share in the homegoing celebration, the celebration of the life of a wonderful man of God, Reverend Dr. Robert E. Jones. Um, as I sat in the church on yesterday and listened to one of the men who Reverend Jones had attended Yale University with, talk about all the things that Reverend Jones was involved in when he was in uh, a student at Yale, including some organization that um, was led by past Senator 
John Conyers from Detroit, Michigan. Um, boy, it was at least seven different organizations, committees that, that Reverend Jones was involved in as a very young man with a young wife and a young child, um, only to come to Dayton, Ohio, and where he became the pastor of College Hill Presbyterian Church. And this same uh, man that was talking about Reverend Jones's involvement as a student at Yale University said that he himself had been the pastor of College Hill Church for seven years after the church had been voted, just barely missed the vote to close. Their membership had dropped and and participation was very limited. So they were really considering uh, closing College Hill Church. But he said after Reverend Jones got there, Reverend Jones stayed there and ended his, at least that, that leg of his pastoral journey by retiring from College Hill Presbyterian Church 37 years later. So he was quite a man, quite a man, so well respected. The choir stand was full, and two rows on, in the, in the uh, church were full of just ministers who came to pay their respects to a man who had lived a marvelous life for the cause of Christ. Um, Reverend Jones's son, Reverend Daryl Jones, asked as he stood up to give uh, comments about his dad. He asked for every person who his father had mentored to raise their hand. And y'all, at least two-thirds of the church raised their hand. And they were there in love and respect for that man. I met one man who was standing around the back of the church, at the back of the church, and he said he had had uh, great respect for Reverend Jones, and though he himself had moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, he drove back to Dayton because he would not have missed that homegoing celebration. So it was quite a day, and it was so well attended, but everything from the singing to the prayer to the, the uh, words of encouragement were just such a blessing to behold. So I thank you for your your support, your prayers, and I surely thank God for allowing me to make that trip and to get back to Tennessee this uh, afternoon about 1 p.m. I'm sitting here now with my mom, so God is truly good. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 27. We're going to read verses 27 through 30. I'm encouraging you to read the entire chapter with the idea in mind or thinking about how many times Anchors were used in this text and what the end result was of it. As I read it, I was thinking, just kind of marveling at the fact that we can put an anchor in our boat and we can use that anchor, and I mean that piece of iron that is used to steady the movement of the ship, but unless we've got God as our anchor, the boat may not move, but it won't stop the storm from doing damage. Starting at verse 27 of Acts chapter 27, now when the 14th 
night had come as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea. About midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stem and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea, under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, I'm going to read 31. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, so much, so much we have to be thankful for, and we are so thankful, God, to learn of all of the ways that you keep us steady and safe and secure in the storms of life. We thank you, Father, that even as you have brought us through storms this week here in Tennessee, God, many lost their lives, and you didn't even allow the storm, the winds, or the rain to come near us in, in Columbia, Lord. We thank you for that. And yet we pray, oh God, for those who lost so much earlier in this week. Father, we pray today that as we share your word, Father, I ask you to first of all cause me, help me, Lord, to decrease. I submit to you, God. I lower myself in my own estimation, and I ask you to be increased in your word, that your word, oh God, may increase the knowledge and the love and the appreciation of who you are in us. And through the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I almost forgot to give a title to the message, but did indeed come up with one. And the title is An Anchor for Any Storm. An Anchor for Any Storm. This week starts a series for the next several weeks on scriptures taken from chapters in a book that we have used for Bible study entitled Anchored. This book is written by the author Cynthia Cavanaugh. I feel this is an important time in history and that we're living in and certainly a critical time in this nation as we face growing darkness in our government presidential elections and disagreements in the meetings that the candidates have, the forums, and yet I feel that we have to have more than what we are seeing to calm these storms. There are some bright spots that God allows us to see as reassurance that God is still in control and that God is very much involved in the affairs of mankind. However, I believe that this message and the messages that come to you from Minister Juanita, Minister Pamela, and myself in the weeks to come will give you encouragement that no matter what storm you face, there is a specific anchor that you can use to maintain stability 
no matter what the sea of time brings. All over the world this week, news reporters told of the devastation of a series of tornadoes that struck down in the Nashville and Middle Tennessee areas, leaving over 50 people dead and millions of dollars in damages. Many are convinced that the damage and the loss of lives was so high because of the time of mourning that the storm struck. It was just after midnight. Now, thank you to those of you who called to ensure the safety of my family and myself. However, most of us are located south of Nashville, and we did not experience the storm or the rain. However, those who did live at ground zero of the touchdown are experiencing great distress over the losses that they endured. Some family members have still not been located, causing even more emotional trauma. Because of the time of day that the tornadoes touched down, no one or at least very few people were able to anchor themselves, their family, or their belongings to minimize the damage. We had docked after taking a cruise in the Bahamas in 2004 when we learned that the area in and around Cocoa Beach, Florida, were under orders to evacuate. Gas stations were full of people who lived in the area, and they were trying to get gas in their cars and other vehicles to help them to make it to their destination of refuge. I would wager that the property had taken, property owners had taken the time to anchor their boats and any other property possible to ensure that they would be there after the storm had passed and that the owners would return to homes that were still standing. We could see windows boarded up or shutters that were barred and Boats were secured to the deck, to the docks. That's called anchoring. The hurricane came, did its damage, and left. The cost of repair was great, but it was much less because the residents had been alerted to anchor their belongings or themselves. But there were those who chose to wait the hurricane out. All did not choose to leave. As instructed, some allowed their faith to anchor them to the promises of God, to never leave them nor forsake them. Others believed Psalm 91, and it became an anchor for their faith. My research, as I prepared for this message, showed me kinds and uses for anchors that I had never heard of. We all know of the anchors that look kind of like a shovel, and they're on each end, you know, they're turned up. The one that is used on a sailboat. But I thought that was all that there was to it, never thinking that there was so much more and so many more kinds of of an anchor. The first one that I learned about, first of all, I learned that an anchor is an instrument for holding a ship 
or other vessel at rest in water. It is designed to grip a rock or other stable object at the bottom of the lake or some other body of water in which any object, sometimes it's it's an old ship. It could be a ship that is shipwrecked. Sometimes it could be anything that has been been thrown into the water that's a large body, but it's solid enough that an anchor can grip it. Anything like that would stabilize the ship. There's something called a way anchor, and I found that in the scriptures that we're reading today. It's a heave or to raise the anchor out of the ground or water away from whatever had been holding it steady in the water. And I'm going to say that again. To weigh anchor is to heave or raise the anchor out of the ground or out of the water, away from whatever had been holding it steady in the water. Then there's something called to cast anchor. That's to let go of an anchor that was being used to keep a ship at rest. A sea anchor is a device that is streamed from a boat and heaved in, in heavy weather. Its purpose is to stabilize the vessel and to limit progress through the water. So a sea anchor is kind of like a parachute, and it keeps the boat from going too fast while, going, while advancing through the water. From another standpoint, though, an anchor is that on which we place dependency for safety. That's God and Jesus. We place our faith in God as we quote Psalm 91 and Psalm 23, making these psalms and other scriptures an anchor for our faith. Now, I shared this information because there was the mention of several kinds of anchors in Acts 27. In verse 13, they said, when a moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete. Now, remember I said what a wave anchor is. They took the anchor up out of the water is another way of saying that. Verse 17 says, after they had hoisted it up, they used supporting cables and undergirding the ship. And fearing, that they might run aground on the shallows of Syracuse, they let down the sea anchor. Remember the sea anchor, I said. It's one that's kind of like a parachute, and it opens up at the back of the boat or the ship and kind of reduces the speed at which it's able to go. Then in verse 29, they dropped four anchors from the stern, and verse 30, under a pretense of putting out anchors from the prow. Now, when they dropped four anchors was several days after the storm had started, and they had been at sea, and they were trying to stop the ship from, from going at all. But Paul had been advised, as we'll learn later in the message. Then in verse 30, under the pretense of putting out anchors, at this point they had become so concerned about their own safety, and this was a centurion, his army, and the prisoners, as well as the guards, 
that they were pretending that they were putting out anchors when actually they were going to be putting those prisoners off the ship. They were going to kill them so that they could save themselves. Now, the book of Acts focuses on the early church and mainly the activities of two people, Peter and Paul. The writings are credited to the apostle Luke, who we call the physician, who is also reported to have been with Paul on several of his missionary journeys. Through Paul, the gospel was carried from Israel to Antioch, to Asia Minor, into Greece, and finally into Rome, where they received the gospel. Paul tells of his perils while fulfilling the Great Commission in 2 Corinthians 11. However, today's pericope focuses on the shipwreck that included Paul's imprisonment that began in Jerusalem and ended in Rome. During this storm mentioned in this pericope, God tells Paul that he had to go to Rome, much like Jesus needed to go to Samaria. You remember him saying that? I must needs go to Samaria. This was at the point of the uh, triumphant entry when Jesus came in on the donkey. Just prior to the start of the voyage to Rome, however, Paul had shared with King Agrippa his conversion experience and the commission that he had received from Jesus. You'll remember the king's famous words as recorded in Acts in response to Paul's moving testimony. King Agrippa says, almost I am persuaded to become a Christian. Now, early in the trip, Paul sensed that they should not continue. However, no one would listen to Paul. Paul was a prisoner. The God who knows everything knew that the storm was coming, just like Jesus knew that the disciples would run into a storm when he sent them across the Sea of Galilee. As the winds and waves continued to rise, Paul shared his feelings by telling them if they continued, there would be damage and great loss to the cargo, the ship, and to them as well. The Bible says that there were 276 people on the ship by the time they got to a safe place, and that safe place was not wrong. When the sailors realized the danger they were in as the storm grew worse and worse, they first threw over the cargo to make the ship lighter as it began to fill with water. They went on a day or two more and Things were getting worse as the storm was not letting up, so they decided to throw over the tackle while using some of the anchors to try to slow the speed with which the wind was carrying the ship. By the 14th day of the voyage, the men had been fasting all of this time now, and still the winds were crashing about the ship as if to tear it apart. The plan of the sailors at this point, as I said before, were to kill the prisoners so that they could not get away and the rest of them would swim to safety. However, Paul persuaded the centurion, who was the leader of the army, to get everyone to eat a meal before they threw over the last thing necessary to perhaps keep the the ship from sinking. And that was the grain. So they made a meal from the grain. They all ate it. And then they threw all of this grain into the sea. Now, along the way, God, who was Paul's anchor, 
assured Paul that they would be saved, but that all else would be lost, including the ship. So Paul remained calm through the days of intense unrest about the velocity of the winds and the pressure of the waves against the sea. Have you been in that position? You know, when everything was going wrong, all was falling apart, and everybody was upset but you? Do you remember those times when perhaps there were rumors that the, the uh, department was closing or we were about to have a, a layoff and everybody was afraid of it was going to be their time to be laid off. Nobody wanted to pink slip because that would mean putting into danger their homes and their cars. And some of them had children in college. But you remained calm because your anchor had spoken. And he said, be still and know that I am God. All eight, all of the men on the ship ate. The prisoners and the other men on the ship then swam or floated to safety, and all else perished just as God had predicted. Now, storms come to everyone, and when they come, we need an anchor. There's something about storms and anchors. One of the things that I've heard across the year that we're either coming out of a storm, we're in the midst of a storm, or we're going in a storm. And when you go into a storm, you have to have an anchor. Just at the beginning of the message, uh, Douglas Miller sang for us, his soul was anchored in the Lord. Though the storms keep on raging in our lives, don't they keep raging, y'all? Doesn't it seem like just as, as we get one night of rest and we get five more that are disrupted by whatever the enemy of our soul can use against us? Then there are sunny days, but even in sunny days, do you realize you still need an anchor? The brakes on a car acts as an anchor of sorts. Even when the sun is shining, you need brakes if you're driving a car. So it is with anybody else, especially a Christian. When the sun is shining in our lives and everything seems to be going well, we need to make sure that we can find the anchor. Who's our anchor, y'all? Our anchor is God. In fact, we need the anchor to help us keep the day sun shining. Boy, have you ever gone into a grocery store and met the cashier who was not so pleasant. When you went in, the sun was shining and it was shining in your soul and you were smiling and feeling feeling good and all was well with the world. You get to the cash register and the, the cashier kind of growls at you and throws your bag at you and all of a sudden the sun's going down. Except you've already got your anchor secured right with you. Life can go south really quickly, even when the sun is shining. Our brown eyes can be turned to blue from tears if we receive bad news from health, from job, from family, or even from sin. But I declare to you today that if you've spent time with your anchor, if you've made sure that you didn't leave, the ho leave home without it, no matter what comes at you, you can remain stable and steady 
and fixed because God will hold you together. Then there are cloudy days. And even on cloudy days, we need an anchor. Cloudy days could be days when you just don't feel quite right. Days when you got up on the wrong side of the bed or days when you just can't stand another day of the trouble at work or with the kids or with the spouse or with being a target, if you will. But I'm telling you today that even on a cloudy day, if you start your day with an anchor, that anchor being the Bible and reading the word of the living God that becomes life unto us, that becomes also an anchor that will keep you steady and stable and sure no matter what. Now, in the storm, Paul gives us an example, a very important example, because he seemed to have been the only believer on the boat. But I'll tell you one thing, he knew who his anchor was. The first thing Paul did was pray. Paul did not just pray when the storm came up, but he especially prayed about the storm. In fact, there was indication that at every new day, Paul was seeking God about the outcome of this voyage. Remember, we talked about on day 14, it seemed like everything was breaking up. It seems that Paul did not just pray, but Paul used the acronym PUSH. He prayed until something happened. The second thing Paul did was listen. When God speaks, we must be ready to listen. Last week, there arose an opportunity for me to have my dissertation published. The person that I spoke with talked to me, and he told me what the requirements were, and he told me what he could do, and he began to push. Only it wasn't the kind of push that would cause you to be anchored. It was the kind of push that caused me to be distressed. And I said to him, you know, my spirit is saying I need to back up. I need to just slow down for a minute. And one thing I've learned is if I don't obey, then I become distressed. Well, he gave me his, his feel, and he says, but I do it this way. And I've always done it this way. And I began to allow him to push me in the direction that I wasn't ready to go. And when the finished product was out and up, I was in distress all the more because I had not listened to God. I should have just backed up and said to him, well, whatever you have to do, you do it. But what I have to do is listen to God. But the end result of it was not what I was expecting. And it was something that I still had to stop and wait on. But then Paul after praying and listening to God, and he didn't just listen now. He told the men what he heard God say. He said, I believe that if we continue on this journey, it's not going to end well for your cargo, for your ship, or for us. Now, the cargo that they were carrying was their year's worth of work, and they were expecting to take it to sell, to make money, to pay for their living expenses for a whole year. And instead of waiting, they were allowing their greed and their own wisdom to lead them. But Paul listened, and Paul went to try and get the centurion and the prison guards to listen. And then the next thing that Paul did was obey. 
Paul was obedient. Paul had already learned that to obey is better than sacrifice. And that's just one scripture that reminds us that disobedience has a price. I'm still learning that, y'all, and I stand in repentance. So how could Paul be assured that God would come through for him? The first thing Paul knew of God, listen, Paul had had experience with not just God but with Jesus. Remember him seeking the Lord about that thorn in the flesh, and it says three times I went to him. So Paul already knew that persistence paid off. Three times he said he went to the Lord, and he sought him about this thorn in the flesh, this uh, messenger of Satan that had come to buffet him. And he said what he found out from the Lord who spoke to him was my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. So Paul found out that God keeps his promises. He knew that when God spoke the first time and said it's going to be a dangerous journey if you go, that God was telling the truth. But Paul went back to pray, and Paul heard from the Lord, if you go, you're going to lose everything, but the lives will be spared. So Paul went to tell the centurion that, and in spite of what Paul had said to the centurion, the centurion still, well, the, the, the prison guards wanted to kill the prisoners and save themselves. But convinced that Paul's God keeps his promises, the centurion says, y'all, we're going to listen to him. They did that, and guess what? Just as God had promised, everybody was saved. The next thing Paul found out was that God had the power to make the provision. That's one thing to know God. It's another thing to know that God provides. And we all have to understand that the way God provides is because he has the power. God has the power to make man give. God has the power to raise man up. God has the power to set man aside. God said to Jeremiah, behold, I am the God of all flesh. And he asked the question, is anything too hard for the Lord? God has the power to provide them safety on a sea that would not be calm. In a ship that was threatening to be torn apart, God had the power to provide. And he did provide those who could swim were allowed to swim to safety. The others were able to take pieces of the ship that had broken up and use it as a float to get to safety. The other thing that Paul knew about God is that God was able to fulfill his purpose. One of the things that God told Paul about Rome is, you have to go. You have to go to Rome. Well, what we know today is Rome is the head of the, uh, where the Vatican is. Rome is where the rules come out across the world concerning Christianity. And Paul, Paul had to go. Paul had to go there and challenge them in their faith. He had to go there and remind them that there is a God and that that God rules the earth and heaven. He had to go and remind them that there is a Jesus who really did go to Calvary's cross, and he really did go in the grave. And just as he promised, he really is alive today. Paul had a purpose for going to Rome, and he had to obey God. 
Now, in the book Anchored, we will hear of the ways that God became an anchor in the life of several men and women. We must be sure that whether our situation fits their description or not, there is an anchor for our soul and for our situation. His name is Jesus. Jesus could only come to earth because he was anchored in the Father. In fact, he tells us that he is in the Father and the Father is in him and that he and the Father are one. Jesus tells us that no matter what we go through, no matter what we hear, no matter who says it, the enemy likes to ask us, what you going to do now? And we're to tell the enemy that we're in the Father's hand and we're in Jesus' hand. And Jesus' promise to us is that no devil can pluck us out. That means that we're anchored. Now, Job needed an anchor to help him when his friends chided him and his own wife told him to curse God and die. Eli and his sons had no anchor after they disobeyed God. God allowed the sons to be killed at war, and on the same day, Eli fell out of the window and died. Paul and Barnabas needed an anchor after they were beaten and put in jail. And you know what it was? Prayer and singing hymns of Zion became the reminder to their anchor that they were still dependent on him. Esau was lazy and lost, but covenant became the anchor that would not allow God to leave him out of the blessing. Nehemiah's storm was Sanballat, Tobiah, and even Israel. But God became his anchor against the enemies and stabilized Israel to move forward and build. Elijah's storm was Jezebel and the prophets of Baal. But God, Elijah's anchor, destroyed them all. Jesus was an anchor for the disciples while he was here on earth. And now the Holy Spirit becomes an anchor for all of us. That force that holds us still when the winds are high and keeps us from drifting when it seems that all is well. On Calvary, Jesus assured us by his shed blood that even in the storm, our victory is over. Death and the grave. And the enemy of our souls is defeated. Now this hope, says the book of Hebrews, is a strong and trustworthy anchor our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. The King James Version says, in beyond the veil. There is an anchor for us in the storm. I think if I ask any of you, you would all say, as the songwriter did, we've all been in this storm too long. But I'm telling you, if our souls were not anchored in Jesus, we would have done like some and gone, gone back into the world. Others have gone and taken up another religion that is, does not have Jesus as the Savior. Yet some have committed suicide. Others have just fallen by the wayside. Some have fallen into depression and don't want to get out of bed day by day. But I tell you today, there is an anchor for our souls. There is an anchor in the storms that we endure day by day. His name is Jesus. And I encourage you 
to trust him. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Milton, for your very inspiring message about Jesus as our anchor in all the storms in this life. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song in thanksgiving for this message and as we prepare our hearts to partake of Holy Communion. Please gather your elements of a piece of bread, cracker, water, juice, or wine in preparation.
I'm sorry, I was on mute. I invite you to this table in the name of the one who said, I am the bread of life. This is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's here that we remember how he gave his body and his blood to save us. On the night he was handed over, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and after giving thanks to God, broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you hold your bread up as we bless it, O God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of thy Son. And witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them, okay, the name of thy Son, and always remember him and keep his commandments, which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Father, turn this bread from a natural use to a spiritual use, whether it's the cracker or the bread. In Jesus' name, amen. The bread of life. Jesus' body broken for you. You may eat your bread or your cracker. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine and after giving thanks gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, remember me. As you take your cup of wine or juice or water in your hand, I will pray. O God, the eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine this juice or this water, to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them. Amen. The blood of Christ was shed for you. You may drink. We have come to the Lord's table. We have eaten the bread of heaven. The Holy Spirit will transform us from within so that we can see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, speak with Jesus' mouth, 
fill the world as Jesus feels, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now go into your week nourished by the bread of life. Amen. 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 In celebration of partaking of Holy Communion, let us listen to a praise and worship song. After that, Sister Helena will offer the invitation to discipleship. In remembrance of you, we take this bread, your body broken for us, in remembrance of you, we take this wine, and remember your blood that was shed for us. Lord Jesus, and every time we do, we do this in
Sister Lena, thank you so much for the really, really special songs that you've selected for this afternoon. They've been so meaningful as we embark upon this journey of a uh, preaching series on on anchor, anchored, anchored. Uh, just like God did not intend for us to be orphans, so He provided a family for us to belong to, hence refuge from the storm church. He also did not intend for us to be drifters, and that is to be drifting along with every wind or doctrine. He has provided His Word, Jesus the Christ, and Himself to anchor us, to tie us down, to keep us from moving around just because the wind and the waves decide to blow. So I thank God so much for the music. I pray that you've received a blessing from the message. And if you've been drifting, if you've been being pushed along by the voices of others or the opinions of others, if you have been succumbing to the force of the wind of the storms of life, I want you to know that there is an anchor for any storm. And God is that anchor. I want to thank you again for being with us this afternoon. I pray that you can carry something with you into the week that will encourage you and remind you that you are loved by God Almighty. You are loved by the leadership of Refuge from the Storm Church, and I believe the body of Christ also extends love to each of you. <clears throat> I want to invite you to join us uh, again starting on Wednesday morning at 7 Eastern time, um, and that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning for our early morning prayer time. If you desire prayer or know someone who needs prayer, feel free to write us and ask us to add your name or their name to our prayer list. We are holding them up to God for whatever the need. We also on Wednesday evening have our our Bible study at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and we're starting a new book entitled Overcomer. It's just five lessons. What I gave on Wednesday night, Gloria, was just the introduction. So this week is uh, the beginning, chapter one, and it's asking, who are you? If you don't know who you are by now, you're a child of God. You're more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You're an overcomer. Many, many other things that the word of God says that you are. So we want to be able to, when people ask me, or you, who are you? We want to be able to tell them what the word says about who we are. Because we've been called many things, and we've been having to deal with the slander and the character assassination and all other things that men wants to call us, to lower us down to their estimation. But we want to live up to the word of the living God that he has planted on you and on me about who we are. That's our, our topic for this coming Wednesday night. Join us. We wish that each of you, and we have a good number with us this afternoon, we pray that each of you would join us on Wednesday evening for our Bible study at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And then next Saturday we'll be back here for our Saturday afternoon service that starts at 6 Eastern Time. 
And we'll continue in this series on Anchored. God bless each of you as we go uh, uh, with our benediction and then right on into our prayer time. If you desire to have prayer, feel free to uh, stay on the call after the benediction has been given. And we will be happy to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come this afternoon to thank you for this time together. We thank you, God, for every time. You have made it possible for us to meet together. We thank you, God, for reminding us that you are our anchor in any storm, God. We are so grateful that you have determined to not leave us, to take care of ourselves, but you promised in your word, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Father, we pray today for each person that is on the call, God, whatever the need, we ask you to meet it, Lord. Whatever the illness, we ask you to heal them, oh God. Whatever the loss, we ask you, oh God, to restore by your power and your might, oh God. Grant unto them grace and mercy is my prayer in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you'll bless their families, God. Whatever has come between them, God, if We ask that you would rule it, overrule it, God. Root it out of the way. Bring them back together again. If they're in good relationship, Father, bless it all the more and cause it to grow and to flourish and to thrive, oh God, because of who you are in it. Now, Father, I do pray, God, that you would continue, Lord God, to be reminded that we're down here, Lord, waiting on you, and we can't do nothing until you come. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.